Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You are listening to episode 38 and midweek series number 18. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-hosts Adi Bulubasis and Lambro Sirmos, as well as our special guest, Apostolos Karadonis. Apostolos, thank you so much for coming on. We're very excited for this episode. How are you doing? Well, pretty good. Uh, same here. It's good to be here. Cool. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. Apostolos is a contributor for LS Football, just like many of our other former guests, and he writes mainly about youth players, both in Greece and abroad. So we'll be asking him a lot of questions about his thoughts of youth development, both in Greece and uh, potentially what the future of the Greek national team might look like. Before we do get into that discussion, we have a few housekeeping and news points to get off our chest. We have our special Boozing with the Boys episode coming out on Monday, December 28th. If you liked last week's Rant Day episode, which if you haven't listened, we've had listeners tell us it's the best episode that we've made. And we interviewed Stelios Yanakopoulos, so there's some context there. Rant Day, it's episode 37. It's really fun. We laughed a lot. Give that one a listen. And if you enjoy Rant Day, you will enjoy this Boozing with the Boys episode as well. We'll be joined by our good friend George Haralampopoulos, who is a friend of ours and a good Olympiakos fan and a really fun guy. So it's going to be a good one. Uh, we will be filming that one on Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern time, United States. So we will allow users to come in and say hi, ask us a question live, and then you'll be a part of the podcast when it drops. We'll provide more information about that in the days leading up, but you'll be looking for the Zoom link on our Twitter account. You can follow us on there, as well as Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at Gate7INTL. We also will be joined by someone who is frequently mentioned on the pod, Yanni Katrisiotis, who is Adi's former coach. Adi was a very esteemed high school soccer player whose career was torn apart by a big injury, as you might know. And uh, Yanni Katrisiotis was Adi's coach. He has also worked with other great footballers like Carly Lloyd, many other Division I soccer players in the United States, and he was also a former academy scout for Olympiacos and a former player for Atromitos back in the day. So that one will be out on Monday, December 4th. I'm really excited for that as well. Looking a couple months out, we will be having a guest from the PSV podcast around February 17th for coverage of the Olympiacos PSV Europa League round of 32 first leg. We'll be looking forward to that and we'll have more details on that episode as time comes closer. Thank you again to our sponsor, Piraeus International Incorporated. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at PiraeusINTL.com and give them a call at 410-675-4696. Couple quick news hitters to get into. The Greek season is pretty much at its midway point, And as a result of that, Olympiakos and other teams are looking at transfers. Unfortunately for me and fortunately for Lambro, the club Olympiakos seems to have reached an agreement with Kostas Mitroglou. This is just an, a mind-boggling transfer but Lambro has been talking about it since September as a joke, and, and now it seems to actually be happening. There is some caution to be had here because Olympiakos have also been linked with Kururis, 
the former Pauk striker, I believe, who's now, I think he's in Ligue 2 with Toulouse, if I'm not mistaken. And he's also featured for the national team. So, Lambro, what's going through your mind right now with this saga? Oh, my God. I, my heart was made when the, the details were released that we had me throw glue. But now this news of Kuluris coming out, my heart is going to break if we bring in a striker and it's not Mitroglou and it's this absolute coat from Pauk. I would be distraught. He hasn't scored like a goal in two years. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that one. Is it, isn't Mitroglou still in Mykonos or something? Like it's been so long. Since <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what, what is that? That's when I saw a picture of him. He was in Mykonos just like lying down, relaxing. And, Rightfully you know, so, after scoring a ton of goals. Now, what? <laughs> what is this? You have to go to words Mykonos. right it's out of my for, mouth. <laughs> it's, it's only for relaxation after a long, good season. You know, I, he's he a good man. You, to play again. <laughs> God. you know, Lambro, I always find your love for Mitroglou so weird because you hate that the club is bringing in all these old guys, Rafinha, <laughs> Holebas, and Mitroglou is not that much younger. <laughs> he also he's, hasn't he's played so football in like and he months. hasn't played football in over a year like Staffy Levy style <laughs> <laughs> and you want this guy in he's still young he's still young no? well maybe he'll <laughs> no, just have to prove himself in the red and white once again we'll see what he can oh, do um, you, know, you never know he might want another contract he might play his ass off and, that's sorry. true <laughs> get back in shape big man it happens yeah sorry <laughs> we'll see in other news around the league, Pauk have recalled Lazaros Labru from his loan uh, in the Netherlands with Twente. He will probably be featuring for Pauk in the winter. Interesting to see that with Garcia coming into the fold. Maybe Garcia wants him in part of his plans. Labru seemed to be a promising young player, and I guess we'll see if he can get back into it with Pauk after the winter. Yeah, this is actually a guy I wanted to ask about Lazaros Labru. I actually liked what I saw from him. Where was it? At Panionios, I think he was playing. And then I ran into him at a well-known Athens beach bar called Nalu. And that, after that, I knew he was a top player because that place is a great establishment. So anyway. That's funny. That's something I wouldn't have expected. But yeah, he's, he's been all over the place. He's, he started at Panathinaikos as a kid. I mean, and then mm -hmm. didn't, didn't quite get enough games. So he 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 left he left for a little while. Um, I forgot exactly, but he ended up going to Pauk, which is his family. Some of his family members are Pauk fans, if I remember right. So he had a connection somehow. So he ended up over there, had like a few games, did okay, and then went to Holland. If you guys remember, he went to uh, I think it was Fortuna Sittard, and he he had one one really great season. You know, was up there with goals and assists, and the team was one of the main guys, and then just disappeared in his season when he went back to Pauk over like a couple summers ago because the coach at the time just didn't favor him. And since then, he's just disappeared. And actually, he's someone I wrote about before. I think he has the, the talent and potential. Yep. But, but I guess if he's hanging out at beach clubs and, you know, not always taking it 100%, you never know. I mean, sometimes that's part of it. Because I know his agent was actually the former player, uh, Olympiacos. I think Hutos is his name, right? The striker that went over to Italy for a little while. Lambros Tutos, anyways, he was his agent for a while, and he talked them up to going to, going overseas. And I guess he didn't find the teams he was looking for, so that kind of also set him back a little bit for a little while. I remember, but his career, I think he still has the potential to play for the national team. 
I just it just he has to make the right career choices and maybe playing for Pablo Garcia and Pope will help. So who knows? Yeah, I think Pablo Garcia rates him really highly, but I I have to jump in to just defend our friend over there that beach club is great like, it's not a club guys it's a bar it's a it's more of a bar laid back chill like great vibes love that place it's not super expensive and anyway like if i was him i would be chilling there all the time and this is why i'm not a footballer so this yeah. is why you love mitro glue because you're like oh he's a footballer and he spends his days relaxing <laughs> on the beach doing nothing i could do it too laura also wants access to his endless supply of protein bars <laughs> oh that is for sure gotta yeah. make those gains uh one more note a big note actually um we've talked about ike having some defensive struggles during the first half of the season well they're fed up with it and they've made some big changes the first being letting go of massimo carrera their coach and replacing him with manolo jimenez who comes back to ike and then a, a pretty interesting one they've hired a new technical director the name of paniotis cone who i you know Olympiacos fans will know that name. That's all I'm going to say about that. A man who knows the nightclubs well, Panayotis Kone. If you guys remember, we were set to play Serbia on a friendly, and him and Yanis Maniatis or something were pictured in a nightclub, like, wasted with, like, two beers in their hands. <laughs> like, literally 4 a.m. before a night. He's representing Nike well and the club well. Just the type of personnel that they, they need, you know? Aposilos, in case you couldn't tell... The entirety of which we judge our players is where they're found off the field. You know, like if they're at a bar, we we're we're going to you know judge them poorly unless it's a bar that Lambro likes, in which case we will you know. Adi Adi tries to use analytics and come in here with like offensive dual win rate and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, Lambro usually just has his way, and and we just go with with uh, these sort of judgments. <laughs> all right. It's, it happens more than you hear, like uh, from the players. But like, and, and to be fair, when 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 I go back to Greece, you know, I like going to like different beach clubs or bars or different stuff just to check them out too. So I, I don't blame the players. I mean, they go back in the country and you know, and they and they, they like going out and stuff. Sometimes they just do it at the wrong times, <laughs> like you were saying with Kone. So I mean, it just depends, I guess. Like I, I remember Taxidis did it. Like he went out and he was filmed out at a club like the night before a match and they played horribly and that was the end of his Olympiacos career so sometimes I guess it just depends like yeah. what came in the results so <laughs> yeah it's it, unfortunately it's it's a you know they're these players are young gotta remember they're in their 20s most of them are in their 20s you know yeah. so they start to get a little bit of fame they you know they want to go out meet people some of them are single guys you can't blame them for that but when it comes to Ike's situation, their administrative dealings, their front office is a mess. They've had a, a, a different technical director like almost every year. It's, they change it almost every year. It's like they don't have a carousel with coaches. Well, they do have a carousel with coaches, but they also have a carousel with technical directors. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't even hear about the Kona thing until right now, and I follow a lot of that stuff, and they're kind of all over the place. So, And they got a new stadium next year, so they got, like, opening up in, next, in a year or two. So they yeah. have, like, a lot of stuff going on with them, and I, I don't think uh, all the Ike fans are as happy about everything going on either, to be honest with you. But <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we had Greg Gavalas on, another LS football contributor and a big Ike supporter, and yeah. He's definitely not happy with the way things are going. I haven't talked to him since all this news came, has come in, but I'm sure he's not exactly over the moon about it. 
Yeah, I've seen Greg's like comments and he listed all of the technical directors and like some of them you could literally put like 110 days. Like technical directors usually get like at least a year, you know, like two transfer windows. Yeah. It's like just a calamity. But also talking about the coach, is it Manolo Jimenez, the yeah. the like five-time Ike coach? He's back. He's back. He's back. And he's ready to eat four to five goals in Karishkaki. In two weeks, is it? I'm so excited for him being back. He loves losing and losing big against us. I'm super excited for that. Ike is in perfect condition, and people wonder why they struggle in Europe. Interesting. If I'm not mistaken, isn't wasn't Kostas Chanos, who used to be the Greek under-21 coach, and even the coach for a little while, wasn't he the technical director before? Did he did, did drop him, or was he just like, the academy guy. Anyways, he had a spot, and I always remember him for playing Aravides on the wing for the Greek national team, and I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> he was driving me nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. Aravides sucked so much. He was probably like, <laughs> he was a second division player with Ike, and he came up with the team and, like, stuck around. I remember when He's he got Alberto. He's a second division player now. Sorry. He, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, God, I remember when he got Alberto Botia sent off in Oaxaca. And that led to the Kasami famous, like, this boy Aravitis, he's very smart, you know, and like broken English and like <laughs> just complaining about Aravitis. God, a player. Another thing you'll notice up Ostolos is Lambro loves bringing up references from a random Greek Super League game in 2014 <laughs> where just a relatively unremarkable thing happened. That's another hallmark of our podcast. But anyway, let's get into the real reason you're here. And that's, you know, the young talent of Greece. And you've written some articles about this uh, with Hellas Football, about sort of the players that we have out there and the plan that the coaching staff has to use this talent and integrate them in with, you know, Euros and the World Cup on the horizon in the future. So we want to ask you first up, also those, uh, you mentioned, I think, off camera that you've lived in Greece at, at times. And I was just wondering, when did you start getting into uh, Greek soccer? And do you have a team that you support? And how has this relationship with LS football developed and, and, you know, your sort of niche writing about the youth of Greece for them? Long story short, uh, in the eight, I was born in 82, spent most of the 80s in Greece, Patra and Larissa, so I was able to grow up with, you know, all the culture and everything. Um, in the 90s, I spent all my time in America, grew up in America most of the time. In 2000, same thing. But uh, in 2000, around 2002, which is a perfect time to get back into Greek football, uh, I don't know if you guys remember it, but in the States, you were able to find a few more games on TV and just have more of a connection with European football around that time, like the early 2000s. So I was able to catch up a little bit more with games and stuff. And then right around that time, the a lot of Greek players were starting to go overseas to different teams, like Dallas was playing in Roma. Um, you had Zavarakis, I think, playing in, in Italy at the time, too. And a lot of players just, you know, were doing well and and – you know, of course, you guys, everyone knows we won the European Championship in 2004. And long story short, uh, I went, I moved back in 2008 and was able to, like, you know, catch up with a lot of reading and a lot of the stuff within, like, the teams and what's going on over there. And it was just interesting to see how, you know, Panathinaikos, the team that I root for, for example, went from, like, a really big, big team to – you know, I hate to say it, but they've fallen back a little bit. But uh, but their academies and everything, like, I kind of got really intrigued with it, the way each each one is run in Greece, because it, it really varies. And it, 
really depends who's running them at the time because you'll see some of them they they're really up and down and i think it really depends on who's running them. so that's kind of long story short and i've been following greek football nonstop since so. we are really interested in what you think about you know the way that Greek teams develop players and the sort of mentality with Greek players coming up. And we've talked about this with other guests, but especially uh, with you, you know, you spent time in the country and really paid attention to this stuff. We'll definitely get into that. But to start off, uh, you know, you have a really nice article. I think it's from May where you sort of pick out like the future potential prospects for each position for the ethnic and then go through a few players for each position. But, you know, obviously a lot has happened since May. Like I notice, Christos Solis, who is obviously one of the uh, the brightest players right now for Greece, he wasn't really known at all in May, and he gets like a little shout out uh, in your article. And then now, obviously, he's you know he's the big thing, and everybody knows about him. But you know, you had picked him out back in May before most people really even knew who he was. So uh, I guess one thing I would ask is, since then, are, are there any other players that have really popped out to you in ter- whether it's you know playing in the Greek Super League or with academies or even abroad in Europe? Yeah, I, uh, I can touch on a few players first, even in the Greek League and then in Europe. And then I'll, say, I'll mention why I think it's changed a little bit with within Greek football and Europe and why I think not as many players will get lost too. But mm-hmm. um, definitely with – Cholis was one player I definitely – like if you if you follow the Greek youth, youth level teams, which I do, the national teams, you see he'd score in a lot of games and he was he was effective – but he hadn't played against like a lot of tough competition yet. He hadn't played in big games. Whereas Kuchas is a younger player in the team. And uh, he, he had played with the under 16s and scored a couple goals against Germany. And it didn't matter who this kid played against. He was only, and he was only 15, playing with under 17s and under 19s. And all of a sudden now he was a 16 year old playing with under 21. So he was the, one of the more kids that stood out to me. Like I think Georgios Kuchas was kind of a phenom at Pauk. And more people will hear about him. But Scholes, with his work ethic and the way he came up and actually came up together, on the, they were playing together last year, uh, almost came out of nowhere. For, even, I think, in Pauk's academy, they, they knew he had a good work ethic, but I don't even think they were expecting him to take off like he has. And I think when, you, when you're scoring in Europe like he has and, and to be doing it consistently, and you see people in the Greek League are, are like, trying to kick him now to stop him. That's how, that's how dominant or that's how impressive he's been. And that says a lot, I think. Um, and and I think he's going to take off, too. But there's other players. At Panathinaikos, you have Alexandropoulos, who has just been, like, uh, incredible. I mean, this kid, he had about a year where he was injured, I think from 17 to 18, so people kind of forgot about him. And he came back in and, you know, played sporadically. And out of nowhere, he finally got a chance. And that was one of my problems with Donis. I was a... People were kind of 50-50 on uh, the coach, Donis, at Panathinaikos. But uh, he, he started out playing the youth players, and he did a good job in the beginning, like, say, Kabecis, Emanulidis. These are players that, like, you know, Kabecis made his way all the way to Borussia Dortmund when he was a teenager, got lost, and Panathinaikos took a chance on him. And when he started at Panathinaikos, he scored a few goals. You guys probably remember him because he was even at Olympiakos' academy. And the Dorman snatched them up, actually. Olympia Coast weren't too happy about it at the time, I remember. Anyways, he, he was playing, Emmanuel Lidius was playing, and then somewhere it just got lost, and the kids weren't playing as much, and uh, they, they've kind of got sidetracked with their careers a little bit. I mean, Kabeshis is probably going to leave. Emmanuel Lidius is still a good player, but he's like, 
he's a bit like Salpigilis. He can get in the box and score goals, but he's never going to be like the physical number one striker, and he's not going to be the winger that, you know, beats two or three players on the wings, you know, so – you know, that's just my opinion, but there's still talented players that could even probably help Dan, the ethnic on the first team. And then you have, uh, I don't know, you have a lot of teams at Olympia Coast. They have a few players like Liazos, if you guys heard of. He's only 17, but he's really talented. And I've seen a couple of their academy games, and for him, it's almost like the level is too easy the way he's, because his technique's real good and he could shoot. He could do everything on the field. But he seems like it, he seems to have been lost a little bit this year. I don't know if it's the because the under nineteen teams don't play as many games. Perhaps that's why. It's just I guess it just depends. There's there's the other teams have kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, Stara Stripoli used to have a lot of talented players. For whatever reason, they play a lot of more foreign players these days. Even someone like Tasso Stuvikas, who I always thought was a talented striker, um, and he actually came from Panathinaikos' academy. He, he didn't play for a year or two, and all of a sudden now he went to Bolos, plays a few games, and he's one of the great. top goal scorers in Greece. So it's like, you know, you can see these kids just need a chance. And and, Astera, and you know, now they're connecting him to Pauk, and it's crazy. This kid didn't play for two years, and, you know, he's not going to play at Pauk. I mean, he's better off just, you know, getting game time and improving, and that's what a lot of these kids need to do, so... So hopefully that continues, yeah. And in Europe, uh, there's a lot of kids that you you wouldn't know, but are in the youth teams. And I mean, there's Michaelis at AC Milan, who actually went from Asteris Tripoli's, and he, he's a you know talented center back. And there's kids all over the place you just don't hear about. There's a kid at Panathinaikos, Yabanis, who's a midfielder at Sampdoria. There's there's a lot of kids that are just taking more chances to in their own careers instead of waiting. You know? So. Sometimes that's good, sometimes not. I wanted to ask you, you brought up uh, a couple names from Rubiakos Academy that we've heard of. We've heard great things about. Uh, we've also heard some stuff about uh, uh, Sorlis, uh, that he's apparently the, you know, the next Pirlo. Uh, there's two other players that recently got some accolades from the club. I don't know if you've heard anything or seen anything from them. One is a U17 player. Um, his name is uh, Stelios Starakis. He's a... Um, he's a defensive midfielder, but also can play as center back. And then there's Vasilis Miras, who plays. Uh, he uh, started as an attacking mid, but now he kind of plays as a center forward. Uh, both of these guys, you know, the club just wrote, I think it was today, earlier today, uh, a nice little press release for them. These two are making history. They're already doing things at their level that no player has. Uh, have you heard anything about those two? Um, those two actually no, I know, I know, uh, like I said, Liazos, I know yeah. the, the kids, uh, of course, the kid from Pauk, uh, Karakutis, mm-hmm. uh, it was a big fuss about when he signed, when he left uh, Pauk, yeah. and, uh, but those two kids I hadn't heard of, but I wouldn't, I'm not surprised at all, because uh, if you guys remember about a year ago, for uh, a guy named Dimitris Alephtheriadis took over uh, Libya Costa's academy, and uh, and I and I knew as soon as they hired him because he was actually taking over the Greek under fifteen team, and he took over a project that him and Santos had ten years before, mm-hmm. but they started and just left as soon as Santos left, and that's actually one of the reasons why I'm optimistic about the team because I I, uh, I think his work left there others is I think he's uh, one of the best academy people in Greece. 
And Olympia Coast snapped them up basically out of nowhere with people hardly noticing. And and you see like people like Karakuzis from Pauk and uh, the other kid from Panathinaikos, Coast, uh, Mavruzis, who decided yeah. to go there. I think it's because they know he's a good, he's a good, uh, they have a good academy, they have everything in place and a good academy guy that develops players well. And I think, you know, that that's one thing that's going to definitely help the team. And it doesn't surprise me that even more players are developing because this guy is that good of an academy. I, I actually want to change the subject and talk about something. As Olympiacos fans, I think when we think about players coming in from our academy, there's like most recently there's this generation that never came to be, I guess. And that was the generation of Manthatis, Andruzos, Nicolao, Rezos, and maybe one other. I always forget one or no, two. During that that time was when Eleftheriades was running the academy, I imagine. So. Yeah, and and I I felt like we, we were playing ugly football, but those kids were so exciting to watch. And we thought, oh, they're going to be really big someday. They're going to be big for Olympiacos. Of course, Ferrezzo's got the big money move. Nicolau also moved to Italy, but Andruzzo still hasn't kicked on. Mantatis was released recently, and... It was just like a lost generation almost. I wonder what you think. What like what went wrong with that generation at Olympiacos? Because it seems like that could have been the one. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so first, I'll bring up that was a great point because the left Ariades was actually there at the time, and he helped develop a lot of those players. And I think what was good about him is he knows that at that level, it's more about developing those players and making sure that, you know, they get game time and they develop well. It's not so much if they win or lose, because that's the problem with a lot of Greek academies. They care more about winning and it doesn't matter what style of play or the development aspect of it. But uh, as far as those players, so Red Shows, most of us know, has had a really bad luck with injuries. Um, if you guys remember, too, as soon as he went to Bayer Leverkusen, they put him at, at right back. He didn't even get to play his natural position at center back. He was always you know, running, chasing people around, which I never thought was his natural position anyways. And if you guys, with the Greek national team, he struggled there right back too. I mean, he, he could do it, but it's not exactly his best position. I think it just wore him out because, you know, of course in Germany, they're really fit too. And that's something that the Greek league has really fallen back on and, and they struggle with, especially when you see him in European competition. But, you know, and then, and then the, of course, there was Andruchos, who I, I'm one of the biggest fans of, but he just, you know, he there's so many stories with him that, like, he had links to go to other teams in Germany and, you know, but he's one of those players. And it's not just Salinkrakos, but, you know, it happened with Nistakilis at Pauk that, like, you know, gets so stuck with the team that he doesn't want to go and it, and it affects his development a little bit. And they don't end up playing as much. And, you know, that I think he might have fell back a little bit because of the Andruchos. And then... You know, his career is not over, of course, but it's just my opinion. One question I have for you, Apostolos, and maybe it's a bit situation dependent, but as you mentioned, we see some players, you know, make the move overseas or, you know, go play at a bigger club at the expense of playing time. Do you think it's the right decision for a player to go out and get that exposure at a bigger club? You know, maybe whether it's, you know, maybe you're playing for Asteras Tripolis and then you sign for Olympiacos and play less or, if you're an Olympiacos player, then you sign for a big team in one of Europe's top five leagues. Do you think that generally works out well, or do you think that is uh, something you would advise to young Greek players, or would you advise that they would stay and uh, give themselves more game time, even if it's at a lower level? Yeah, that's a great question, because I, I think we can see on many cases it varies. Like, uh, 
but there's a kid at Panathana Coast last summer, Vaganidis, who was a huge prospect at right back. And I, I thought if he played anywhere right now, like Van Chip would probably call him up because he's that good. But he, he signed with Inter Milan. They sent him on loan to St. Truden. And the coach just, I don't know, he doesn't believe in him or what, I don't know what it is. And he hasn't even made the bench yet. So, you know, sometimes they can make the wrong choice. But at the same time, that's just, you know, six months. He could change his loan or something. So it always depends. But I think it's what's changed a lot is in Greece, you could see that the young players, they don't wait till they're like 19 or 21 anymore. I mean, their agents will pull them if they're 15 and 16. They have enough, you know, teams interested in them. Like you see with Kuchas or Jolis or different players, they'll, they'll leave. You know, like Jolis, a lot of why he's, I think he's better is because he was training in Germany and he has that work ethic that, you know, he knows he needs to have to become a professional. And it's not always there in Greece, unfortunately. It is in some places, but not always, not necessarily, so... And that's an interesting point as well, because it seems like that's almost a consequence of football just becoming such a big money industry. Like even when football was very popular, you know, not so long ago, like the likelihood of a 14 year old kid from Asteras Tripolis or from Panathinaikos being recruited by big European clubs across the continent is just so much lower. But now it's like there's so much time and money in invested in scouting and like, you know, 15 year old kids are like, big commodities and it's it's a very interesting shift in the way that the game has progressed and now you see like greek kids in the academy of real madrid and stuff like that it's a very interesting shift to the game i think as well i wanted to jump in and ask a question about uh what i believe is probably the weakest point right now of the greek national team and that's right back uh, right back has been a travesty ever since Dorosidis kind of aged out who do you think is going to be the, the solution for na the national team? Who are we going to look at that's going to fit in there and kind of make this new look, more offensive Greek team look a little bit better on that right side? Who's going to give that help to Limnio, that overlap, that's going to give him extra space and also kind of relieve pressure off of him? Yeah, I still think it's like I knew this to get a Panathinaikos. Um, I've been following his career for a while, and he, he was linked to big teams from the beginning. They, they all knew he was a big talent. I mean, in his first game, he scored a goal, and he was played on the wing. And, you know, unfortunately, he just never played. But there's all there's other guys. You see, you guys know Masuras at Olympiakos. He's on loan in Poland right now, and I haven't seen him play in a while. But I think he's a talented player. He just doesn't always seem to have his head straight. I mean, he's had a few incidents with, with Larissa and... Sometimes he seems to like not give 100%, but I think he's a player talented enough to help the national team at right back. But th definitely that's a problem position. I mean, right now we had Bakakis, who's always injured, and sadly I don't think he's good enough. You know, he's had some good games, but I don't think he's an answer. You had Baldock, who was like linked to play for the Greek team, but we don't know if that's ever going to happen. So it just depends. I mean, I I'm hoping by any of this and Masuras work out, but it is a problem position. There's also a couple of guys... Uh, Liraji's at, at Pauk isn't that bad. I think he's a decent player if, if, they, if he played more. Uh, Kochira said Asteros I thought was decent when he played for the Greek team, but I don't think he's ever going to play <laughs> with Van Chip, unfortunately. But that, that, those are some guys, but that's about it. This is the way forward, like, almost having an Olympiakos B in the second division of Greece. Is that a way that we can start getting these young players to play against grown men? Or is the way to do this is 
academies or young players from big teams just get sent to mid-table to low Super League teams. And there's almost like a buyback clause or a certain clause if they play a certain amount of games or they do a certain amount of things, they go back to their parent club. Like, I'm trying to think of a way. How do we get these talented kids on the academies of the biggest clubs into playing actually grown men and playing in front of actual competition, you know, not just in these Greek academies? And I, I'm thinking of this because the, this kid, Baloyanis, who was playing not at all for Pauk, has gone over to Ofi. And it's looked great from what I've seen him play. And it's just an example of that, like how you get these kids from, I don't want to say wasting in the academy, but just wasting time almost and get them into playing against grown men. You know what I mean? Like, what is the solution there, do you think? It depends. I mean, if you talk about the Greek League, the second division hasn't even kicked off yet. I mean, so last year was the same thing. So that's always a problem. And, you know, and it is a little more physical. The 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 pitches, is, if you guys know, aren't as good. So, you know, the development part is not always as easy. But uh, sometimes we're still do already doing that. The Panathinaikos, I don't know if you guys heard, but they pretty much, from my understanding, have a connection with Aspropiro. And they, and they I think, hired uh, their old striker, Vaseja, to, to coach the team. So they're, sometimes we're already doing that. And they might be in the third division, but still, I mean, some teams are already trying to do that. Other teams, you know, like Olympiacos, will send, they have connections with teams in Europe. So they'll send them out to Holland. You know, Pauk does that too. And for the top teams, you know, like Pauk and Olympiacos, who have some of the top young talent in Greece, the best, that's the best thing they could do is go to Holland. Because you see even someone like Yakumakis, who's like a third string Ike striker, you know, he's good enough to be one of the top strikers in Holland. So, you know, I mean, these guys should go and, wherever they could play more. And I think that's a good level for them to go. No, I agree with pretty much everything you said. For me, I've always been a big proponent of the Olympiacos B, Panathinaikos B, Pauk B. They do it. They do it in Spain. It's very successful there. You know, it's very easy just to put a rule that like the B sides can't ever be promoted to the top division. It's in Germany and as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's an easy way to get, you know, younger guys, academy guys who look like they're too good for the academy level or have something just to get them to something in between the academy and the professional level. Because how many talents have we seen come out of academies? They're way too good for the academy. They light things up in the academy, but there's nowhere for, to kind of blood them in between the professional level and the academy level. So we either just throw them in the, the professional level in a big stage, they shit the bed, and then everyone's like, oh, you know, th this is not a, a talent, and then their career is almost ruined. I mean, this has happened to plenty of Olympiacos players. I mean, think about the likes of Nicolau, right? He, he gets thrusted in at 18 years old in Champions League and then doesn't perform superb, and all of a sudden everybody's down on him. Other players that have come to mind, Diamantopoulos, same thing he gets thrust in there was never anything in between then they just end out on loan forever and the careers the careers end up dying players that we've seen that have left our academy like martinez that was kind of i was excited about him i thought he was a player on that left back side that could have provided something for us it looked like we were going to loan and we ended up just cutting his contract and then now we're done with him so I've always been a huge proponent. I think having an Olympiacos B or a Panathinaikos B all is very valuable for our development. Uh, something for the players, especially when they 
outgrow the U19, U20 academy level. It's somewhere for them to go instead of rotting on a bench or a reserve squad. I agree completely with that sentiment. And I also want to say about Nicolau, I almost thought he was at the same level as Horetzos, and I never understood why he never got bigger a bigger chance because we always had terrible central defenders. Like, do we need to go back to Da Costa? Do I need to even say the name Alberto Botia? No one listening to this podcast once. I did. I'm sorry, everyone. The <laughs> nightmare before Christmas is back. It's me, Alberto Botia. But seriously, it just made no sense. This kid was so talented. I haven't followed so much of what's going on with him in Italy. But I think that's so right, you know, in Greece especially. Let's look back even recently. Tolakis had the cup final against Ike. And there were a few mistakes and a close few close calls. Like if he had messed up for a goal and we had lost the cup final, like that's that kid's career, you know, like at Olympiacos at least, like we need something where these kids can play without feeling like my career's at stake, you know? Yeah, well, that player you mentioned, what was his name again? The, the, the center back that played with Retzos and Andrews? Nicolau. Nicolau. Nicolau, yeah. I don't know. To be honest, this is probably going to be a debatable thing, but I think he's like Manolas where he has like all the perfect traits to be like the perfect center back. But he just like sometimes on the field, he'll just make that mistake where you're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> And, and, you know, I'd watch him a couple of times at Empoli, you know, just to see what level he was at. And, you know, his team was doing fine. He looked like the, one of the best center back on the field. And then he just has like a couple of moments where he just falls asleep and they're down 3-2, you know. And it's like, you know, I always felt like his career was kind of like that. I thought it was unfair, you know, that he got criticism in games against Barcelona and <laughs> some of the you know best teams in the world. I thought he was even actually okay in those games. And I think he could develop and get better. I just, you know, I just think he's one of those players that, you know, could be a little mistake prone and he's played for so many different teams and so many different coaches that in, in a lot of ways, I don't think that helps either. For well, that's the thing. It's like, it's, yeah. it's like, especially if you're a Greek player in Greece with these big clubs, like you can't mess up. Even with the more experienced players, even with captains of our club, like if they make a mistake, it's like, I mean, not right now because it's a pandemic and there aren't really any fans in the stands, but like the fans get right on you and for, a kid, even knowing that culture, it can be very uh, intimidating. And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you'd want to leave Greece and go play in the second division of Italy or something where the spotlight isn't as much on you. But I want to draw back to something you sort of mentioned at the beginning of Alstos, where you said, uh, paraphrasing here, that the Greek teams, they, they run their academies in different ways. You know, a lot of the big clubs do things very differently uh, in terms of managing the youth. I was wondering if you could expand on that, whether it's just discussing, like, you know, the quote-unquote big four of Olympiakos, Ike, Panathinaikos, Pauk, or, or even looking at, like, Adis, Asteras that have also had the reputation of producing good players as well. Well, of course it's the big four. Um, if you, I'll talk outside of the big four first. Uh, fortunately, a lot of the academy has just really taken steps back over the years. I mean, you hardly have any teams that develop players. You had Asteras, Tripoli for a while now, maybe, like, even since Fortunas went there on loan. I mean, they developed players well, and that was 10 years ago now. You know, Panionios was a team that played a lot of Greek youngsters and they've got went down to the second, third division. You know, Aris never really played young Greek players recently. You know, a lot of the other teams, they'll play Greek players, but they don't have any academy set up really. I mean, Panatolikos does a decent job trying to develop players, um, but they're, you know, a lower team. So the top four teams, of course, Ike, 
you know, they, they have a player come come out of their teams here or there, but it doesn't seem like they ever took it serious, their academies. I mean, there's very few players that come out of their, their system, and it's kind of strange when you think about it for such a big club. I mean, Olympiacos, obviously, it goes out saying, that, you know, they're, they're, they have a huge contacts with Asians and one of, with Panathinaikos, the biggest teams in Greece. So they definitely, you know, use that to, to their advantage, which they should, you know I mean? They definitely have links with like all over the country and any player that they hear about, they try to sign them right away. And that's a huge advantage. And Pauk is the same way now. And that's why they, you know, they bicker at each other back and forth because they literally challenge each other on every level. I mean, for 15 year old kids and youth levels, I mean, you know, they're two top teams and money isn't really an issue for them. And you see Pauk's academy, that that's like another example. I mean, they've fo really focused on it. They got their title and they seem to, you know, focus even more on it. And you see players, most of Northern Greece and their top players, unless it's Chimikas or like one or two players here and there, you know, they, they go and play for Pauk. And, you know, it seems like, I think the fact that a lot of the youngsters are playing is going to help them. It might even help them sell them to go on to Pauk. And that's something that other teams should be wary of. You know, you have Panathinaikos who actually had, unless they had these run their academy with FISAs. And now you see all these great youngsters coming up with them. You know, Alexandropoulos, you know, uh, Manulides. These are all the kids that were developed under him. And the other generations after have some talented players, but you don't know if it's going to be at the same level you know, that they're, they're developing them. So it's just, it really depends. I mean, those, but those are the top teams. And after that, you really just hope the kids, you know, like uh, say Kuchupias who left Platanias at 15, 16, and he's been playing in Italy youth teams forever. And now he's in Syria B for Edela. And, you know, you might think, you know, he's not playing much, but like it's still a but tougher level than say, you know, the Greek second division or something. And he's, you know, I think he's going to be a player to watch too. So that's just another example. Yeah. One thing that, you know, I had sort of on the notes of stuff to ask you was, you know, comparing Olympiakos, our club and Panathinaikos, your club. And you sort of said it uh, right there, like Olympiakos, it's not really as much developing from within. It's more, you know, looking to other clubs in Greece. And it's, it's sort of just like, if there's a player that they want in Greece, you know, they've got the money, go get them. And Pauk have kind of evolved to do the same thing in Northern Greece. And Pauk have had so much success with their academy. I mean, obviously, as you said, you know, some of these guys, they're not necessarily born and raised Thessaloniki players, but, you know, they come up through that system and they've had so much success. And now, of course, with the hiring of Pablo Garcia, you know, a really nice internal hire, he knows these young players. Labru is coming back. You can tell that there's really a push for the youth. Kutsias is beginning to feature in the senior team now, as you may have seen. You know, it's there's really a lot of young players and with Pauk right now. And um, I was just wondering, you know, is there something special about the way they're doing things? Or do you think maybe Olympiakos are just trying to bring in too many foreign players over the top of Greek players? Or Pauk are just more focused on developing their youth? Uh, what do you think is the difference there? That's something that I couldn't say for sure necessarily because I'm not there and I don't know what goes on. But but if I had to guess, I would say part of it is I think maybe they see there's more of a chance they could play a poke. You know, you see at Olympia Coast, there's very few Greek youngsters that get a chance to play. I mean, you know, even now, I mean, Chimikos, he had to have, you know, the season of his career in Holland just to get a chance to play, you know. And, and Fortunus is even one of the top Greek players and he never plays. And people give Van Schip a hard time about it. So, 
you know, it's crazy. It's just the way it is, I guess. But I think, you know, someone like Kuchis, though, I mean, he, he's just a, the kid's just a phenom. I mean, he's from Tricola, just like Fortunas, and they just snatched him up, you know, before before other teams could. And he's developed great. And, you know, he's only 16 and already playing with the under-21s. I mean, that's almost unheard of even for Greek football. So, you know, I think some of them are just that talented, and they just, you know, did a good job developing him. There's another kid, Constantelos, that, like, if you see videos, he looks like, literally, like, I hate to say it, but like a Greek Messi. Like, that's how good his technique is. And, like, you know, and, like, you, there's players that are that good coming up right now. And, you know, it's just a matter if they get a chance or not. Just one thing to build off, it seems like the deal with Olympiakos is, with the Greek players that we have in our squad, the deal is maybe they start in their academy, but they go off to another Greek team or they go off abroad, and then they show a little something, and then Olympiakos goes, okay, well, we'll have you back then. Like, Olympiakos doesn't bring them up from the academy straight and integrate them straight in the academy, if that makes sense. Like, I'm thinking Fortunis was in Germany. Buhalakis had to go off to England for a season to do it. Like, just from guys who are in the current team, the Greek guys. And that seems to be the model. Masuras came around 25 from Panionios. Like, the model seems to be... We're, okay, we're not going to take you straight from our academy because that would be too much pressure, but maybe we'll sell you or you'll go off and play somewhere and we'll bring you back. Like, that's why our Greek players are more 26, 27. They're not, like, they're nowhere near 19, 20-year-old players. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that, like, Greek youngsters are realizing, like, they have their careers a little more in their hands than they used to because, you know, they'd stay with Olympiacos or Panathinaikos until they were 21 and they'd just wait. Now they just don't, they're not as patient. You know, they hear their agents call and they leave earlier. So it's just, you know, football has just changed. European football and I think, you know, Olympiacos, they'll still get the top players and some of them will still make it on their teams. I mean, of course, but it's just, you know, I think that might be one of the reasons why they're picking Pauk or other teams. You never know. I think that's part of it. Of course. I mean, especially with Olympiacos and Pauk, or more so Olympiacos, given the, I'll, we'll say the volume with which they've won championships, especially in the last decade, two decades. There's a lot more pressure, right? Even as a coach. So as a coach, you're not really incentivized to play the youth because if you're under the gun, you're going to be a little bit more conservative. You're going to play the players that you think are the best because you know that if you lose one or two games, if you don't win the league as an Olympiacos coach, you're liable to get fired. I always point to Leonardo Jardim, uh, you know, that was almost 10 years ago now, undefeated in Greece and had a pretty good record in Europe in Champions League at the time. And he gets fired because the football wasn't attractive enough. We were playing defensive. That's, that's what you're dealing with. You could be undefeated. You could be doing well in Europe and you could still get fired. So it creates this atmosphere where it's, you know, it's very difficult for you to ex want to experiment. And if you do experiment and it, and it doesn't work out, you're then, that's held against you. Looking at Martins, we know he's risk averse. Now, if you go out there, when you do finally get your chance and you go out there and you blow up, he's going to play you. Look at Mario's Vrusai. Vrusai got his chance. He looked really good you know, in his few minutes against Manchester City. And then he's been playing constantly since then. Martin started to trust him. Look at Adruzos. Martin said the same thing now. Adruzos, he's given him a couple of small appearances. And now he said the same thing. Look, he, he's taking the opportunities. And 
I'm going to use him more. So it, it's tough. It really is. Now, I think I still think Olympiacos has improved. And this is something I wanted to ask you as well, because I think Olympiacos has improved, you know, at least in some small steps from what it used to be. And what it used to be was the only guys that ever, the only young Greek guys that we ever saw come out of the academy was Kyriakos Papadopoulos, maybe Fefatsidis, and that was about it. But now, you know, we have guys coming out and they're playing places. That's successful to me. We have players coming out and doing something, not just languishing and dying in a tier, not dying, their careers are dying uh, in like a lower tier Greek team. You know, guys like Siopis, who, yeah, we didn't rate, but he's doing pretty well for the number one team in Turkey right now, you know? So I see that as some improvements. Do we have a ways to go? Yeah, but I wanted your thoughts. Do you think Olympiacos has improved in that respect with regards to the academy, or do you see it more as the same? Um, well, I definitely think they've improved their academy just from signing uh, Eleftheriadis to take over their whole academy. You could tell they've taken it more seriously. I think they also realize that, you know, when they invest, like, say, 200000 on, I think they bought another player from the same team they bought, Chimikas, at Pensaraikos, a left back. When you, you know, even if you pay 300000 you're wasting your money if you don't take care, you know, send them to a good team on loan or play them enough. So I think they're starting to realize, like, their investment a little bit more and do a good job with it. I think with some of the stuff you were saying, I think Martin's kind of already got himself in a position where he can play young players if he wants. And they play in so many games that he has even more reason to do that. You know I mean? I think he's one of the only coaches in Greece probably that's comfortable with his job because he's done a pretty good job. And I think just looking at Buhalakis is a perfect example. I mean, Buhalakis has been on like, I thought he was a talented player when he was, you know, playing for the under-19s for Greece. But no coach could ever figure out a position for him. You know, they, they played him in the back, you know, as a defensive midfielder, but he was too slow sometimes. You know, Martin seems to be like the only guy that figured out, like, you know, he could play as a number eight of sorts and like, but he needs to have someone fast next to him or, you know, that could track back and he's worked out perfect, you know? So it's like, you, you know, he's definitely a coach that has earned the credit to like develop players. So he's, he's like kind of an exception, but there's definitely not patience in Greece and that's definitely yeah. still a problem. I mean, that's definitely something that's just part of it. And of course, you know, every paper writes about any youngster, any mistake they made, and that's never going to change either. So. Yeah. And then on the flip side, if a youngster does something well, they might walk outside the next day and see their name, Greek Messi, plastered all over the papers. And, you know, obviously youngsters get overhyped everywhere, but maybe in Greece this is even more so. Like you see with Ninis and uh, Fet Fazidi, sometimes the players can just not handle it. And, I mean, it's true. Like you're 16 years old, 18 years old, and, you know, you, you play like one good game, and then Greek Messi, Ninis, the next Messi, the next, you know, Paul Schools, like all this stuff on the papers, it's very intimidating for you as well. So, you know, obviously, if you don't have the mentality to be able to put that stuff away and just focus on your game and whatnot, you're not going to get there. But it certainly doesn't help uh, coming up in that Greek culture where everyone's just looking for the Greek Messi. And, you know, if you're a left-footed player who can dribble, people are just going to gravitate to you. Ironically, the kid I mentioned, Kostadelos, that's like a Greek messy. Yeah, Ironically, yeah. I guess, like, he's been so hyped that there's some worry that he might have his head, like, pretty high already. So you're like, you know, you hope that doesn't get to them. And, of course, it's just rumors, but that's part of it. <laughs> I also have another aspect that I wanted to talk about, and 
either it was Harry Steas or Katsuranis who brought this up, and it's not just Olympiacos and the big four who use foreigners, but it's all of these mid-table and low-tier teams. You have like owners like Alexis Kuyas who brings in 32-year-old Serbian who knows from where these guys come from and gives them like two-year contracts instead of playing young players. And that's also the problem because there's nowhere for these young players to go sometimes. They have these random foreigners who are just good enough to keep teams in the Super League who, who get time over them. And I think that's also just as big of a problem as the big teams not giving these young players a chance. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, I, but I think you see some teams are being smart about it and taking advantage of that situation. Like you said, Balogani said, Ofi, you know, Ofi's like, they're being smart about it and they're picking out some of the young talent in Greece. And, they're, you know, if they develop a few of them, like Kabetsis is all of a sudden linked to them. And, you know, Balogianis is a, he was a good player at Pauk's youth team, but, he was never going to get a chance. They signed them, you know. Those are, those are. That's what more Greek teams should be doing. But you know, there's all. There's always going to be a couple that'll do that where Greek players will play. It just needs to be more of them, and there should be some kind of system. But you know, the owners like Kuyas, who was horrible. I mean, he used to be a Panahaki and pretty much got him down like three divisions while he was, you know, in charge. So you know, it's just you know they only care about their pockets, or you know, we can't ever change that. We just hope enough of them see that there's profit in developing players. So. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's about bringing in people who know football. I think, like, Yorgo Samaras is almost running things at Ofi. And and I've seen, actually, funny enough, Xanti, you know, joke of Savidis on them. They brought, the, this guy from Australia bought them in and was like, okay, we're going to make Xanti, like, this place where we bring in kids from Oceania and we develop kids and, like, there just needs to be more football brains running these clubs like Ayanakopoulos, Samaras, you know, like people who get it, who are like, can see beyond like bringing in some random 36-year-olds from like Armenia. Like there's moves to be made here. And like, if you bring in people who know how to do football, like things can be done. Like look at, like you, we, we, we've been talking about Ofi. They have this fantastic right back. I think his name is Weiss. Weiss, he was at Platanias, but he came over there and, now Olympiakos is linked with him, Balogiannis, and it's almost like when you have people who get it, you know, things start to go well for you. And I wanted to change the focus just a little bit. There's something that uh, we have gotten into some disagreements with, with on social media, sometimes our audience, sometimes other randoms, about whether or not the talent exists in Greece relative to what it used to be. I have always believed that the talent is there. I think that there are kids that have talent that can make the national team, you know, maybe not as good as it was in 2004, but pretty close. Uh, even going back a few years ago, the, the guys that we had playing under Santos, the guys that we had playing back then, Manolas, Socrates, when they were younger, Dorosidis, uh, Holebas on the left, the, the midfielders we had, the wingers we had, Mitrogu running the point as, as a striker. Uh, I still think there's talent. Now, there's a lot of Greeks that just say, look, guys, the talent doesn't exist in Greece. We're going to be waiting for a few years for another generation to come up and for Greece to actually play well. What are your opinions on this? Is the talent there? Is the talent there at the same level it has been in the last few years? Is the talent at the same level it was in 2004? What are your thoughts? Um. Right now, I think the talent is there. I think it, it, at various stages over the years, it hasn't been, though, for sure. I think 
I think the 2004 generation was carrying the team up until 2014, and everyone could see that pretty well after, I think. I think some of the players we were hoping for, you know, within a part of that generation, like, you know, Fefacidis, Taxidis, you know, Carellis, you know, a lot of those guys, Steffi Lidis, you know, they're all within a 25, 38, you know, age group, even, you know, Buhalakis, you know, Manolas, all those guys, they're, they're okay players, but they just haven't lived up to, you know, they, they, some of them have the talent, but they just didn't live up to it. I think after the, but the problem was between that Caragunas gap, you know, Caragunas and that, that age group, and after, other than maybe Katsuranis, there was there was a big gap where there was no talent like whatsoever. I mean, you see, you know, Maniatis, Javelos, those guys, they 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 probably shouldn't have played that that much for the Greek team, to be honest. You know, I hate to say it, but you know, they they tried their best and everything, but at the top level, you know, whenever we played the top teams, it showed, you know, and over the years we just didn't have the talent. I thought there were players like Clonaridis and you know, Kyrelis that would work out, and for different reasons they didn't, whether injuries or they didn't play enough, and you know, some of them weren't good enough, but some of them there's reasons for it. But I definitely think um, this group right now, I think there's, like, between 17 and 22, there's a lot of talented kids right now that, you know, some are playing in their own club teams in Greece. Like I mentioned, a couple of Jolis, Alexandropoulos, you know, Mihalidis, Apau, you see some are playing in Italy, so, you know, they're all over the place and they're getting a chance. And I think that just shows that they have talent. You see Mavropanos, you know, he left early and people couldn't believe it. But he has the talent. And, you know, in Europe, they're taking more chances on, you know, talented kids, doesn't matter where they're from. You know, you see a player that at Panathinaikos, no one even knew. He doesn't even have a professional contract. Yet Javidas, the younger one, Marius, you know, Liverpool wanted to sign him and everybody couldn't believe it. But that's that's how it is with the competition for top players now. And I think that's only going to help. And you see that there is talent there, just a matter of them playing. And I think especially with this group, I mean, after that, I'm not so sure, if, you know, what's behind them. And I think, you know, you see within that age group right now, I'd say of like 25 to 35, that th those group of players just didn't didn't pan out and like really set the team back for a long while. And these kids are kind of going to have an uphill battle just to put the team back, you know, even in a decent place. I mean, right now we're, we're in a third qualifying group. I mean, that's, that's tough. And, you know, the kids are really going to have to get some big wins just to get us back in a, you know, decent level. And that's, I think what's odd though is, you know, just like in the early 2000s, no one thought of much of the Greek team and there were a few talented players enough to make a team and you know most people don't like Banship but at least he gives the youngsters a chance and I think that's exactly what Greece needed even if you know he has his flaws as a coach I think that's also exactly what Greece needed you know and people could stop complaining about the same older players playing over and over again too so you know I mean sometimes it works too. Greeks are always going to complain one way or another <laughs> we've seen it there it doesn't matter what the case is somebody somewhere is going to complain but uh, you know, I hope the listeners have, they've heard it straight from your mouth, probably the leading authority for English speaking Greek diaspora soccer talk. You said it, the talent's there. And with that statement, we kind of wanted to follow up as we begin to close the discussion out, you know, long-term, what are your thoughts on how the, the young players, uh, how can they make an impact for the ethnic in the future? And what is your prediction in terms of 
the promising players available who you think will actually end up featuring for the national team in the future. So Jolius is a kid that already started and scored in his first game or, you know, second appearance, sorry. One of them, he came on his first as off the bench. He's definitely a kid. Uh, everyone knows Greece has lacked like a striker slash winger of that type for almost forever. I mean, Selpigilius kind of played that role for a while and got big goals, but we never really had that position. I mean, yeah, Yanakopoulos, of course, but that was even further back. That was, you know, and he didn't always play under Ray Hagel either. So, was, you know, that was odd. But then you have, I think Alexandropoulos is a type, you know, I mentioned these two guys especially because they're in problem positions for the team. Like, you see Alexandropoulos, whether he was playing against a good Olympiacos team or, you know, in a different role higher up the field, he, you know, he, he runs, he could pass the ball well. He's the type of player that Greece just don't have, you know, that, that could track back and pass the ball well because, you know, say Seca, you know, he might run a lot, but he's not a good passer in my opinion, you know, and you have to have someone good that's a good passer next to him. And, you know, at, at the top level these days, you have to be able to do both. You can't always just do one or other teams take advantage of it, especially against the top teams. So, I mean, those are two players that I have high hopes of for. I mentioned Vallianidis. Uh, I know people don't think highly of Barkas, but I think him and Vlahodimos are good keepers. Uh, I think there's, there's definitely, like, even more players you'll hear about that you wouldn't even think of, like Kuchupias, that I mentioned at Adela. He's a talented midfielder, also like a number eight type. Vasiliadis, who's actually been called up, but just kind of disappeared in the second division in Germany and hasn't been called back again. You know, these are players that are good enough to play and could help. You know, it's just a matter of seeing them in the team and seeing when they'll be involved. And actually, Alexandropoulos is a player that there were rumors that Van Schip was a fan of, so you might see him on the team even sooner, so... That would be, I'd be interested to see him uh, with the ethnic key. I think he can do a lot of great things. One last question for you. We're going to ask you for your hot take before we, uh, we bid you adieu here. For this generation, this, you know, 17 to 22, roughly age kids, or maybe 17 to 22 plus Kutsias in there. What do you think is the ceiling for the Greek national team in that time period? So, you know, when these kids are reaching their mid and late twenties and, you know, they could theoretically all have reached their potential. How good do you think this team can get? You know, obviously, maybe some of these guys don't reach their top potential, but in your honest opinion, how how far do you see this team getting with this young core? I think we're going to qualify for the next two tournaments if, if Van Schip gives the youngsters a chance. That's, that's how good I think the youngsters are. If they just get a chance and the Greek media doesn't eat them up, then that's a big question mark, of course. You know, I mean... It all depends. If if you see Van Chip get a few results, you, you know, he'll feel more confident to put more youngsters in, even if it's friendlies, and then you'll see them take off even more. But I think this team is capable of shock, shocking a couple of the big teams, and there's enough young talent coming up, you know, that, that'll help even more. I mean, there's even a core of players that most people aren't crazy about, but they're okay. And if you add a few young talent in there, like Jolie Sinelos and Dropoulos and a few others, I think you know, they're capable of beating top teams. I know it sounds crazy because the level's falling off in Greek football, but you've seen it already this summer in Europe with, you know, Pauk surprised people, Olympiakos, you know, Fortunas and Buhalakis have played actually really good in Europe, you know, so it's there. It's just a matter of, you know, hopefully things come together. But I definitely think Kuchis is a player that, like, when, when you're 16 and playing for the under-21s, yeah. you know, when you've scored at every level and look like you could play now, I mean, I watched his under-21 game, 
And, and the kid looked like he was already on a different level, like, you know, like almost like watching Pogba for the under-21s for France. Like you just, you could see some players just, there's something else. And, he's, you know, he's one of them. And, and that's a problem position for Greece too. So, you know, the, these players are going to come out of nowhere. And I think it's just because they're playing now. I mean, you know, you could mention so many other strikers. They never played at 16 or 17. That never happens in Greece. <laughs> it didn't matter if you were talented. They'd never let you play. And exactly, like, think about where Solis was at age 16, you know, or, or even a year ago. Like, he wasn't really much heard of, and Kutsias has already debuted for the senior team, played in the Europa League. So, I mean, he could absolutely just explode onto the scene before we know it, and, and you know, he could really become the next big thing. So uh, we're all excited for that, and hopefully, you know, the ethnic key will return to its old glory at the back of these younger players. Apostolos, as we wrap up, I just want to thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we enjoyed your insight and your opinions uh, today. It was a really insightful discussion, and I think we all learned a lot, and I'm sure the listeners learned a lot too. Uh, before you do sign off, I want to give you the opportunity to promote yourself or anything that you're doing on social media or with LS Football uh, to the listeners. So if, if you want to let people know, you know where they can keep up with what you're writing or even just where to follow you on social media. Now's the time. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, I'm always, I always love talking about uh, Greek football and, you know, I always have, there's always a lot of pessimism and I always like to try to like tell people it's not that bad. <laughs> Somebody know, I, needs, it needs to be said, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's very easy to fall into the, the black hole of pessimism. Exactly. We're real passionate. We can't help it, but it's really not that bad. I mean, there's some talent there and, you know, it's getting better. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I write some articles for Hellas Football and that's great. And uh, that's about it. I mean, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah. As we said again, uh, thanks so much for coming on. And if the opportunity presents itself, uh, we'd certainly be open to uh, having you back on and, and sort of discussing how some of these players have progressed or see if any new names enter the fold by the next time we're talking. So, with that, uh, I do want to thank everybody who is listening, uh, especially if you've made it this far. Obviously, the holidays are coming up. This is releasing on Christmas Eve, so maybe you're listening to it uh, on Christmas Eve or Christmas. Either way, uh, if you do celebrate Christmas, you know, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays. Otherwise, enjoy you know some time off and enjoy the break. We will be back on Monday with a fun-filled episode with our friend George. Remember that you can hop on and join us if you want, and we'll have more details about that on Twitter, Gate7INTL. Follow us over there. Uh, keep sending us feedback, leaving reviews, sending us messages, all that stuff. We love to see the positive feedback that we've gotten and even some of the criticism as well. So with that, have a great holidays, and we will see you very soon.